Good evening, everybody. I tell you what, I'm I am uh, blessed to have you in this place tonight, and uh, so glad to have some guests from Yale. Is that right? All right, good deal. Glad to glad to Cornerstone. Glad to, glad to have. Hey, would you get down here in the ring? You can't perform from up there. <clears throat> Gotta have a drink. <laughs> everybody online, he's talking about water. Trust me. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I tell you what, I, I've been uh, I've, I've been charged all day. We we had I had Justin uh, preach for me Sunday morning, and I don't give up the pulpit very often. Um, if I'm if I'm here, especially, I try to get. Uh, you know, I just always feel like the consistency that is it helps to build the church and. But I also like to have a different voice once in a while. And, and man, I tell you what, he, he ministered Sunday some things that have just been stirring in me and uh, really just the challenge that we're in. And, and uh, so anyway, we're going to, you know, one of the things that I believe that, uh, Terry, I think I'll have you close because I think I'm going to open in prayer. Uh, you know, um, some of the things that just been stirring in me so much is that uh, the place that we're in in the, in the nation and, and where things are at. I mean, we as Christians are, are at a place to, that are that are challenged. Uh, and, and if you don't see our freedoms in this nation slipping away, uh, I, you may have your eyes closed. That's my opinion. And uh, but but I and I try to stay out of a lot of the politics and a lot of the stuff. But I'm going to tell you what, as Christians, it's very, very important that we realize that at some point our freedoms to even worship can be challenged. And I believe it's a it's a time that we don't have to you know, you don't have to go nuts on things, but you need to solidify your stand for God. And I mean, we've got to be absolutely a line drawn uh, that, that we're going to serve God and, and we're going to trust God. Now, here's the other thing where this virus and all of the, the stuff going on, we can't w be weary in well doing of trusting God, regardless of whether or not you, what else you're relying on. Because God, you've, so you've heard me since March of 20, when they began to shut us down and, and this virus began, I preached faith, I preached trusting in God, I put, you know, I don't care what else you do, do it all in faith. I don't care if, you, if it's vaccinated, wear a mask, if you're not doing it, do it in faith. If you're going to stay home or not, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, I hope I don't offend anybody, but, but it, we're at a point where I'm tired of the devil taking ground, and I believe that part of our responsibility as Christians is to, is to hold our ground. Don't, don't let the devil have anything. And that's part of it. And so uh, that's just my encouragement to you. You say, man, pastor, you didn't even say hi. You know, am I expecting you, you, you didn't even you didn't even start the service off all nicey nicey. But that's the what I've had ignited in me from the from early this morning uh, all the way through. And then on the way here tonight, I, I pulled up another uh, man's ministry or and, and, and it just ignited in me that fire. I believe we're at a time that is so close to wrapping this thing up that we need to we need to be about the Father's business and we need to be making sure that we're taking advantage of that. And so, man, I tell you what, tonight I believe is going to be a good night. I believe we're going to get ministered to. I believe we're going to get blessed. But a whole lot of that has to do with. Let me ask you a question: Are you expecting? Amen. Amen. 
And I believe that whenever you come in expecting that God meets you right there. Hey, amen. So let's go before the Lord and let's pray. Father, we just come before you tonight. And, and Lord, we thank you and praise you that, that this is a night that I believe is, is significant. I think it's a, a night for us to worship you. I think it's a night for us to, to enjoy awesome music. But I think it's also a night for us to just be challenged. Lord, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in this world, and there has been, but Lord, it just seems to continue to increase. It, it, there seems to be more and more of the beginning of those challenges that, that we could face that would put us at a point where we have to draw that line. And Lord, we thank you that you never put us in, into a place that we can't handle, that's more than what we can stand, that's over and above us. And Father God, when the three Hebrew children were faced with the fiery furnace, they stepped forth. Why? Because of the power of God, the promise promise of God and the God who they served. We thank you, Father God, that when, we, when Daniel went to the lion's den, that Father, and I'm not saying we're going there, but Father God, I thank you and I praise that we don't have to worry about the fears that are out in front of us. Because ultimately, Lord, the peace that we have is that we are, you, that you are enough. We thank you, Father God, for that. And I pray for every person who, who, who is, is fearful for this nation, and I pray strength for them. I pray for every person who is fearful <clears throat> because of the virus or because of illness or because of something else. That if, oh, Father God, I pray that there just be a stirring in them to know that you're enough. That, Father, the provisions made through the cross were not just for salvation eternally, but there were the, the temporal evils of this time, the soteria. That, Father God, I thank you and I praise you that they, those provisions will be seen because of the power of God that's available to us. That just like in, in the book of Acts, that, Lord, when they faced the, the possibility of imprisonment, they didn't bow, they didn't bend, they didn't, they didn't back up, they continued to move forward. And, Father, I thank you and I praise you that we do the same same thing where sickness and disease is concerned. That, Father God, I pray that, that even where sickness is concerned, that we'd not back up and be worried and fearful, but, Father, we trust in you. God, we, we are very sorrowful for, for those that have been lost. We're, we're, we're praying and standing firm for those that are in the fight or in the battle. But, Lord God, we're going to trust, keep our trust in you and not be weary in praying that how, uh, and acknowledging how faithful you are. Father God, I just praise you and I thank you. That you, when, when we come together in prayer, like I've been preaching about agreement, when we stand in agreement, that the dynamics of the power of God go, are, that are available pull down and remove and destroy every stronghold. We just give you praise for it and thanksgiving for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Well, I just want you to know there was so much going on. Uh, in the midst of everything that uh, I, I didn't even plan how we was going to start this service. But I do want to uh, do, wanna, uh, do a couple of things. Maybe let you come do uh, two or three songs, and I'll do some announcements, and then we'll let you preach. Uh, let's, let's do that. <clears throat> Now, Justin Todd Herod is uh, somebody who was only here just a few weeks ago, uh, but I can tell you this, that uh, he, he's been in ministry uh, for a lot of years. I've known him now for probably about 15 years, and we just watched what God is doing. I always tell the, the men, uh, the, the elders and, and people, I said, we aren't just paying him to come sing. We're partnering with him in ministry when we give uh, our offering to him. And, and we can say that about a lot of people that come through here, but especially him. He's been uh, to multiple prisons, ministering, leading people to Christ. He's been in uh, places in, you know, in 
honky tonks and 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 uh, rough Bible or I mean not Bible biker bars and 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 places that uh, that were being ministered to. He was able to minister in places that a lot of times we can't. And I know I always say that, but but he is a missionary to the unreached of America. And that's my heart. That's the vision. That's what our, our, our church is all about, is that we reach those that are, that are the church is missing. And so let's give JT a, a big hand. Yes, sir. Let him worship. Hey, thank you, Pastor. Uh, man, Oklahoma is slowly but surely just becoming like home to me, man. We come up here all the time, man. I ain't lying. And because uh, I got some good parts of my family right over here, Pastor Mike and Lori and Caitlin. They're from over there in the Yale Jennings area, man. They're, they're, uh, they're like family to me. I've known Brother Kelly and Sue for years and years and years, and all you guys are just really uh, been just such a blessing that we've been able to come up here this much this year. And uh, I had a guy the other day call me, and uh, he had asked me about going to Africa. You know, this this pastor. He said I'd like to ask you to next year to go to Uganda and a bunch of these places. And I said, man, I would. I'd love to. Uh, but here was my deal. I said, my, my mission field. I feel like is what is right here in the United States of America. There's lots of mission work to be done here right here in this domestic world we live in called the USA. And just like Pastor Kelly said, is uh, we get to go in a lot of places that, uh, I mean, I'm just dumb enough, I guess, or stupid enough, or maybe just not bra uh, smart enough not to go. I mean, if somebody says come into a one percenter outlaw club, I'll go into it. If they give me a chance to go into jail, I'll go to it. And I've even been on TBN, you know, and I always tell folks it was a redneck sitting in a big gold chair, you know, that's what it amounted to really, you know, was a big old gold chair and a redneck sitting in it. But uh, here's the deal. Is always the, the thing is to try to, to share the gospel and to preach the gospel and to encourage the body of Christ and write songs that are hopefully going to be compelling to the emotions and to the mind, ultimately to the spirit. So when I get invited, that's always my hope and prayer to be able to just draw folks closer to God. And tonight, that's what I hope happens. So I'm going to do a few songs. We're going to be at Billy Bob's Texas here in November coming up pretty soon. And y'all say, what in the world are you doing going in the biggest honky-tonk in Texas? Well, I'm going in there, number one, to, uh, to be on the Texas Country Music Award show, but also my, my agreement to those guys was I'll come as long as I can just do what I do. And she said, you do exactly what you do. So we get to pray there. My wife and I get to be MCs and host of it many times and, and help be part of the stage, getting in people on and off and whatnot. And I've got a song that's up for song of the year and I'm going to do it for it tonight, but it's most importantly a song that's dedicated to mamas. Is there any mamas here that prayed for your old rowdy boys out there? Let me see. I know Miss Pat, you did. Uh, Where's Mike's mama? <laughs> but yes, ma'am, and you did. But many of y'all probably did. My mama was no exception. She prayed for me. I was a black sheep running from God, playing the clubs and the bars and the roadhouses. And my mom said, one of these days you're going to be a preacher. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm going to be a singer. But anyway, she prayed me in one of these days. This old black sheep, guess what? He met the lamb. Let's do it to it. Stay out all nights. Mama kept on praying over all my rotted ways. I kept on being the only hell Mama ever raised. Said one day, boy, you're gonna understand when a black sheep meets a lamb. Living life on the run, in and out of county jail, thinking I was. 
was having fun, I was headed straight to hell. Mama stayed down on her knees, talking to the Lord. I stayed on the whiskey with everything I could afford. I said, one day, boy, you're gonna understand. When the black sheep meets the man. On that old front porch Saying, son, you can't outrun The long arm of the Lord Though your sins be as scarlet You're gonna wash them white as snow You can run and you can't hide Boy, there's no place you can go One day, boy, you're gonna understand When the black sheep meets the lamb How many of y'all thankful y'all had a praying mama, guys? Cowboy church and mama's right on that front row Sees me up there singing Said, y'all, I told you so He was out there running around Acting like a fool I prayed out every dirty stain Of that black sheep's wool And I thank the Lord for those two praying hands When the black sheep met the lamb Still hear mama screaming on that old front porch Saying, son, you can't outrun the long arm of the Lord Though your sins be as scarlet, you're gonna wash them white as snow You can run and you can't hide, boy, there's no place you can go And I thank the Lord for those two praying hands When the black sheep met the lamb that you can sing with me on. I've got a hymns record out there. Matter of fact, Miss Pat is helping me with my uh, merch tonight because you notice the smart pretty one is not here. She took a break and she actually called me today and said she was enjoying to have a little downtime. So she said hello and thank y'all. And uh, But Miss Pat will be helping me with my merch out there. And one of the uh, CDs is called Songs I Was Raised On. And I took a bunch of old hymns and just messed them up real good. So don't get mad at me. They all got the same words. but And you can still sing them. But this one's got a little country twang to it. But it's about the greatest song in the world I think you can worship to. 2,000 years ago, guess what happened? The greatest event in history ever took place. Jesus Christ spent three brutal hours down in the Roman Praetorium where he was whipped and beaten, stripped naked, spit upon, punched in the face and humiliated. Then he was drug out and made to drag a 200, plus, 200 pound plus cross up a place called Calvary to the hill of Golgotha and there for six and a half excruciating, excruciating and fatal hours. 
He died on an old rugged cross so that you and I could have forgiveness tonight. Gave his life. The Bible says not with corruptible things like silver and gold will we redeem, but with precious blood. Sometimes we don't focus our worship enough on the most precious commodity that ever came to planet Earth. It didn't say Dodge or Chevy or Ford on it. It wasn't owned by some mortgage bank company. It was given to us by the Son of God. The precious blood that he shed 2,000 years ago. So let's do a song about it. I love this old song. It's called The Old Rugged Cross. Let's try it out. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. Suffering and shame, and I love that old cross where the dearest and best for world lost sinners were slain. Cherish that old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to that old.
It's shame and reproach I'll gladly bear. You'll call me someday to my home so far away. Where's glory forever? I'll share. That old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange. Sing this last part. Hey, I'll cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it one day for a crown. thankful for that old rugged cross tonight. Let's do one more old one right quick, and I want to do a little outlaw country for you here. My daddy, he's an old cowboy now in a nursing home, and he was one of the wildest cowboys out there. I wasn't the one he wanted me to be, but boy, my daddy was, man. He always wanted me to be one, and I tried the best I could, kind of halfway one, you know, but... Uh, my dad was, but he became a preacher, a Baptist preacher, for 50 years. And he preached the gospel, man, just like he rode horses, hardcore, man. He was hardcore on everything, hard on me. But uh, he asked me to do a song. He said, if you ever find that old song called Blessed Redeemer, I'd like for you to put it on a CD. And it talks about something that I love that the Bible speaks about, redemption. I remember when I was a kid, man, if I wanted to get me a fishing lure or some 22 bullets or some BBs or something, I would try to find a way to make some quick money. And I'd walk up and down the railroad tracks with a pillowcase or some kind of bag, and I'd find these old Coke bottles, you know, and they'd be all chipped up and banged up and mud in them. And I'd take them down to the feed store, and the guy would say, what you got? And I said, I got some Coke bottles. He said, let me redeem them for you. He'd buy them back, beat up and chipped up, but he gave money for them. I was beat up and chipped up and banged up, but guess what? Jesus bought me, and he bought you. He was a redeemer. No one else could pay the price that Jesus did. So I did this old song, but unfortunately, when I was listening to it, when I grew up in that Baptist church I was in, the guy did it this way. He's like, blessed redeemer. Press. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not making fun of that. But when I was trying to figure this out, but I was listening to a lot of Waylon Jennings, so I messed it up real good for y'all. Here we go. Outlaw style, blessed redeemer. Let's do it to it. Y'all might remember this old song. Love Calvary's mountain. 
dreadful moment Oh Christ my Savior Weary and warm Dying for sinners Death on the cross That he might save them
Boy, I like that. If you didn't, just realize there's people that he can reach that others can't. And that's one of the reasons that I love it so much. You know, this, what's, under, what's awesome is that he's not just there to entertain, although that was entertaining, but it was there also to celebrate God. And if you think about it, the giftings and the talents that he has that enable him to reach somebody... Man, I tell you what, that's awesome. I love you, brother. All right, man. Um, we've got a few announcements real quickly. Um, T-shirts. I sent out a flock note. If you didn't get the flock note, uh, get with either Whitney, who will usually in, in the back, or get with um, my wife, probably, or on the prayer request. Write your phone number down if you would like those. Uh, but anyway, that is a group text that we send out once in a while just to update people. But we, we ordered some T-shirts. The reason why we're going to, on September, September 18th, which is this Saturday, we're going to meet at the, we're going to have a float or a presence in the parade. Uh, Chisholm, no, Cherokee Strip. Uh, yeah, the, well, the Cherokee Strip parade that'll be this Saturday 10 a.m. over by the strides uh, east or south of the stride center by the by the uh, sculpture thingy over in that area and uh, <clears throat> under her wings okay I, I always call it it looks well, anyway I'm just gonna leave it alone so but over there over there in that area we'll meet you'll see the um, uh, Kevin and, and Trace will have their carriage there we've actually now uh, you can wear your t-shirt if you if you ordered one if you didn't we'll get one we've got another order coming but um, we got a wagon I got to thinking about this and it'll be pulled by behind a tractor um, but we'll have a, a, a wagon if you don't want to walk and you'd like to come and represent Cowboy Church and enjoy the parade from a from a float uh, 10 a.m. this Saturday come jump on there we'll have some hay on there you can ride along bring the kids it'll be fun uh, it'll be a good time and uh, then the we'll have some horses there that, I mean for those that are riding horses if you have a horse you can ride in a parade that'd be fun phenomenal too so 10 o'clock but we've got those that ordered those t-shirts that responded to the flock note they're up there in the in the room they're $18 a piece uh, if you want to order a shirt they're $18 and uh, we're gonna let you uh, pay for those and then we'll order more we'll get that that second order um, closing uh, in two weeks from tonight on September 28th. So go ahead and get that order. Yes. Right. I am. I didn't hear that. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But uh, but yeah. Uh, I am going to bring some of the visitor, the cards, the the invite cards that we have, and let people kind of hand those out. If some of you want to walk along and, and interact with the crowd a little bit, that'd be awesome. Uh, so if, if you want to ride, you you can do that as well. So be there, um, uh, and that that'd be great. I guess I need to know that we got enough for the trailer. So. Uh, I'll send out another flock note to respond, but I had several that wanted to go but didn't couldn't walk. But how many of you will come Saturday and ride with us? One, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, seven. Uh, there'll be a few others. So spread the word, and uh, that's enough to bring the trailer for. Um, and we'll we'll do. It. I just don't want to look like we got three people on the 16 foot trailer. So 
you know, I mean, we want it to look good. I realize there's not a lot of preparation on this, but uh, but come out, support. And if you're at the at the parade anyway, make sure that you remember and and uh, and uh, wave at us and and acknowledge us. All right. You can pay uh, Whitney or Sue for the money for the T-shirts, and so that'll be up here afterwards. The other thing that we've got going big time uh, this next a week from this Thursday will be the men's uh, ministry, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday down at Romano's. Uh, we've got uh, JT will be there to do the music on uh, Friday night, uh, Thursday night and Friday night. We're going to have uh, ministry Friday night with a, a Christian comedian who's nationally known. Uh, it's going to be really a, a neat fellowship time that Friday evening. That'll start at 7 o'clock. We'll eat about 6, I guess, before that. So if you, men, if you want to come down, we would like you to sign up so we know how much food to prepare, but sign up and, and there's a place to write down if you can only come on Friday, if you can come all the, all the time, that information is there. There's also information. I've got business cards back there. I think Willie's full armor cards are there. If you need more information, there's ways to find out details as to what all it is. The, the food is free. The, the uh, uh, conference is free. But you'll have an opportunity. You'll pay for your, your running around on Friday. So those costs will be in there. So, all right. Is there anything else that we need to bring? There is a place to stay if you got a cot or whatever, you can stay in the glory barn. There's showers there. So anyway, or you can get a camping spot, camp, or there were still some lodge rooms available. So anyway, just note that. All right, and October 6th will be the women's conference with Mary James. That'll be on a Wednesday right here. Looking forward to that. Just mark your calendars. All right, we want to wrap the the off, or these up with the offering now. We'll just mention that. We do give in the buckets that you see around. You can make checks to CTCC or Chisholm Trail to Cowboy Church if you want to write all that out. But CTCC, uh, if you're giving online, or you're, you can either mail it in or uh, go to the website, ctcc.com, uh, and you can pay online. There's online giving right there. It makes it really simple to do it that way. CTCC, Enid. Oh, yes, yes, ctccenid.com. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. All right. Well, let's, uh, some of the prayer requests I didn't get, uh, did you email or text that to me? Um, a few, I want to go through a few of them, uh, especially um, Daniel Daniel, uh, I was told has had a lot of back problems, but I was also told his oxygen level was down. That's a founding pastor here for those that don't know, but most of you will know that. And so I want to keep him lifted up. Also, Greg McDougal, one of our singers that comes all the time, he's in, had been in the hospital, a uh, pretty serious case of fighting the COVID, has done everything uh, he can do outside the hospital, went in for help with oxygen, and I saw he posted today he had a 95%, so God's turning all that around. So that's a pretty phenomenal deal. Um, also, uh, we've got Jeff Covis, Co or Curtis uh, with COVID, Pat, uh, Alice Dixon's sister-in-law, and uh, Joan Powers, possibly looks like maybe that as well. Um, we want to, uh, got a healing here for Sharon, uh, ear surgery for John, and uh, somebody Woods, blood poison, Cotta. Woods, and then Jackie Miller, just because she continued to be strengthened, and Sean Tennyson, uh, healing for his mother. So several names there. 
you know, I really want us to uh, just make that attention and focus to not just back off and hope for the best, but that we stand our ground against this 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 virus that was is of the devil. I'm just going. I can't I can't say it any other way. That it's not just something just happened. It's something that was planned to, 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 I mean, the devil's scheme is what I believe. But here's what I know about the devil's scheme. We have the authority to speak against it and stand against it. So let's go before the Lord and let's pray. Father, we just lift up, uh, first of all, the offering. We just thank you for those that give. We thank you that out of obedient heart that people are blessed. I thank you, Father God, that as we give, we give unto the kingdom of God. And when we do give unto the kingdom of God, the provisions of the kingdom are ours. And so, Lord, I thank you that every need be met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. As people give financially, that's their, their, their uh, tie-in to that promise. But, Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit works in, in, a, in a way that ministers to each and every one of us through what the ministry does here. And so we pray a blessing upon that offering, those that give, and, and that they'll receive a blessing. And, Father, we lift up these prayer needs to you. And Lord God, as we lift up the needs of, of those named, Father, we stand for, for uh, healing and restoration, for surgeries, for, for things that are brought up. And Lord, as we, as we take opportunity to minister to people where healing and prayer is concerned, we thank you that we're going to stand in the face of what the devil means for harm to pray for your good to be seen, Lord God. And we thank you and we praise you for it. We thank you for, for turning around and, and giving us the ability, our bodies, the ability to fight against against what the enemy comes against us with. Father, I praise you and I thank you that you created our, our bodies to do miraculous things. And that's, that is the ability to fight off and ward off uh, viruses and such. And so, God, I just pray that our immune systems be strong, that our minds be strong, that our faith be strong, and that, Father God, we stand and, and believe and trust you. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's it's disheartening sometimes whenever we see a lot of the things going on in the world and and we see loved ones and people that we know that that the battling it. I mean, I know more people that have battled this than uh, this round than before. But I, I, I also know that we can't be weary in standing and trusting God. Continue to hold hold your ground and, and walk in faith. Well, you know, <clears throat> Justin and I talked a little bit about uh, ministering the word tonight. And did you find that microphone? Did you get it clipped on? Uh, I'm going to have him share a word tonight. You know, uh, some of the things that, that God's just been stirring in me and, and, and he is stirring in him as well. And, you know, he, he preached a message on uh, Sunday morning at our carrier. Uh, I posted it on our high call, or I mean our uh, Chisholm Trail Facebook. Uh, he's going to minister, I think, something a little bit different, but it'll be close to the same. But I'm going to tell you what, God is there. I believe God is stirring in us an opportunity to minister and to be effective in this nation. And, and so we're going to turn it over to Justin. Let him share some word with us. Are you ready? I, I think Say, I am. I hope so. I'm going to try to be. Uh, it's always an honor, man, to get to uh, see how really bad I can mess up a lapel mic. That is an honor, man. I do that all quite often. But uh, thank you, guys, and thank you, Pastor Kelly, for the opportunity. Is this okay right here? Uh, as long as I'm not going to jump out of the camera. That's the problem sometimes with me. I'm a moving around guy. My wife's told me, quit doing that. And so I'm going to try my best tonight. But uh, I don't take this lightly, man. The opportunity to get to preach is, uh, is something that uh, back up a little bit. You mean to go back? Oh, I'm sorry, boss. And I don't even really need it, I don't think. No, you don't need it. 
well, maybe it won't. I'm probably just me just being a redneck, the red's coming off somehow, somehow there. But great to be here. None, none, nonetheless, uh, thank you guys for allowing me the opportunity. Uh, always like to tell folks, man, that the word is powerful, you know, man. It's, uh, it's corrective, you know. It does things sometimes that causes us to, uh, to kind of see the error of maybe our ways a little bit. It reminds me of my two boys when they were younger, and I'll never forget my, my two boys. They were young boys, and I was in my first pastorate. This is a fictional story, by the way, but you'll like it. Uh, my two my boys were young, and I was in my first pastorate, Baptist pastor, you know, and I'll never forget, man, that... Uh, you know, uh, the guy that was the first pastor of the church there, you know, man, he was a big old dude right before I took over. He was kind of one of those big old pastors that kind of had that booming voice, you know, and my two boys were kind of always cutting up. And so he, he brought them into the office one day because they were doing all these, you know, just rowdy things, you know, around. And, and he came in, you know, and so he took the, uh, he took the uh, little one in first and he took him in the office and he said, son, I got one question for you. And he looked at that little boy and he put his finger across that desk. He said, I want to ask you a question. You tell me the truth. He said, where is God? The boy didn't say a word, man. Did not say a word. He said, I'm going to ask you one more time. Where is God? And that little boy, for some reason, he just, he just froze and Terry wouldn't even say a word. And so he said, son, I'm going to ask you one last time. In that big old booming preacher's voice, he said, where is God? About that time, that little boy ran out of the office and he grabbed the big brother by the, by the shirt sleeve and took off running with him across the parking lot. And the big brother said, man, what's wrong? He said, uh, he said man, I don't know, but God's missing and they're blaming us. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes the Word of God can ask you things and you've got to kind of respond to it. And that's what it did to me. Would you turn this mic down just a little bit, Hoss, if you don't mind? Uh, I'll, I'll be loud enough, I promise you. Uh, that's what it did to me today. It kind of, it kind of responded, it responded to my questions. And one of my biggest questions about the culture right now is how do we pray? How do we involve ourselves in, in not government, but how do, we, how do we think now in this political upheaval? How do we now begin to merge ourselves into what the Bible says with what the culture is saying? How do we now become what Jesus asks us to be, which is salt and light, and at the same time, we maintain wholesome ground in this ever-evolving and decaying world that we're living in? And I'm going to be real honest with you guys, in the midst of all this, I find myself many times being ashamed of myself in the way that I feel, the way that I act, the way that I respond when I watch the news, the way that I respond when I see the massive injustices that are going on. And I'm just going to be real with you guys. Sometimes I have to say, God, I just wish that you would come down and just fix all this stuff right now and just give us justice and give us, Lord God, some type of correction to all this stuff that's going on. So in the midst of my frustrations, in the midst of my, uh, my uh, wondering sometimes how I can fit into this being kind of half part preacher and half part Rambo or whatever, I don't know how you want to call it, you know. I have to go to the Word of God and say, Lord, help me yes. to see truth. Yes. So that's what happened today. If you would, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Now in the Timothys, Paul is writing to a young pastor who is experiencing some of the same issues. He's writing to a young pastor that is not only in the midst of a, uh, a very... I'm going to say maybe a church has got some chaos and some, some problems with it, et cetera, et cetera. But also, he's writing to a young pastor that is dealing with a government that is soon to uh, turn into a very evil, violent government. It would be the Roman government. 
And uh, we know during this time that uh, uh, in this particular area, in the beginning of the first century, that the Romans were kind of allowing the Christians to do what they wanted to because they still considered it to be part of Judaism. So you know that Rome and the Jewish nation had kind of a thing going together. They just allowed them to have the Sanhedrin, allowed them to have the courts, and allowed them to have you know, all the things they did. But eventually now we would see that the Roman government began to now come against, you know, uh, the Christians. And so I want you to understand kind of the culture and what's going on. As I was reading this, I jotted down a few notes and I put them on here just because it's easier for me to do this than try to write stuff down. But while you're turning to 1 Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to read the verse then I want you guys to kind of follow along maybe and see if this is something that has encouraged you maybe the way it has for me. Uh, so here's, let me get this to come on, please. Okay. Uh, oh, baby. All right. Come on, baby. Well, I tell you, this high tech stuff is sometimes too high tech for a redneck, man. But here we go. Uh, so let's look at this verse right quick. Chapter two. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there's one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to all, the, to all at the proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. And a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. Hang with me. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. I also want women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls, expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. And you say, how in the world are you going to pull anything political out of this? Well, there's much in there that is. Number one, look at what Paul is telling this young pastor. He said, first of all, I urge you to pray. The number one thing that we should be able to do and should want to do, even though we don't feel like it, I find myself sometimes saying negative things and saying, you know, things that are semi-cursing people to some degree, and I should actually make my first response to everything to be to pray. Amen? Amen. And he's making it specific. He's saying, I want you to do certain things. He said, I urge you that you make entreaties, prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving, not just aimlessly. But he says, on behalf of all men. That stings me. I'm telling you, I'm being real. That's like somebody shooting me with a broadhead right in the chest. Because I don't want to pray for all men sometimes. I don't. But here's the thing. He said, I want you to make entreaties. In other words, I want you to make petitions. What is a petition? Well, a petition is coming now and asking things. And, 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 and interceding, basically, is a better way to look at it. The next one, he said, I want you to do supplications. Prayer should never be all just about asking, but it should be coming to God and saying, I'm making supplications now, and I'm making specific requests. He said, I also want you to intercede. That was the other one I was talking about. Refer to the requests we make on behalf of others. I'm just going to do these quickly. And then he said, I want you to do prayers of giving of thanks. So all of these things Paul is saying, he said, in a nutshell, I want you to be able to come and pray for folks, intercede for folks, make specific requests for folks, and then give thanks over it. How do we do that in light of what's going on? I really don't know, but look at this next thing. He says, I want you to do it for all people. 
Now, I'm going to tell y'all something real, real cool here. Uh, y'all, I love y'all. Man, I love this family over here. Love this family right here. I love all y'all guys, even though you may not know me that much. It's easy to pray for people that you love. Amen. But it ain't easy to pray for people you don't love. And I'm going to be honest with you, there's a lot of people that I see on the TV screen sometimes that I don't love. I'm just preaching to myself tonight, literally, because I need help. I need help. But as I go to the Word, I want to be molded by the Word. I want to be shaped by the Word. But hang on, it's going to get better. So he's saying, I want you to pray for all men. So in our prayers, we've got to say, God, I don't really understand if I was back in Timothy's day and after, after Timothy passes on and you're like Polycarp or Antipas who was burnt in a bronze bull or Polycarp at 90-something years old was burned at the stake or John, who's the beloved, was exiled on Patmos at 97 years old, breaking rocks and sleeping on the bare naked ground, starving to death, drinking seawater, but yet still managed somehow to pray for that evil emperor Domitian. They're just better men than me. But I want to be a better man. I want to be a man of God. So the only resource I have is going to the Bible. So I look and he says, pray for all men. Next thing, this is really going to get you for kings and all those in authority. Holy smoke. For kings and all those in authority. What about political prayers? He said, I want you to pray for kings. That's the Greek word basalias, which means people that are in charge and all those who are in authority. Now, don't, don't shout me down now. It's going to go somewhere, I promise you, because I'm preaching to JTH tonight. I want to read you some history right quick. Tertullian, one of the early church fathers, without ceasing for all of our emperors, we offer prayer. We pray for life prolonged, for security to the empire, for protection to the imperial house, for brave armies, a faithful senate, a virtuous people, the world at rest, whatever a man has or Caesar, an emperor would wish. These things I cannot ask from any but the God from whom I know shall obtain them, both because he alone bestows them and I because I have claims upon him for their gift as being a servant of his, rendering homage to him alone. He goes on to say, pray for those in a authority, Tertullian. Look at the next one. This is the early church father here, Theophilus. I will rather honor the king than our gods, than your gods, forgive me. Not, in, not indeed worshiping him, but praying for him. But God, the living and true God, I worship knowing that the king is made by him. Honor the king, be subject to him, and pray for him with a loyal mind. For if you do this, you do the will of God. So what is Theophilus and Tertullian saying? Well, Tertullian is saying that right now the Roman government is, is doing well by them. They're, they, and I'm, I'm going to show you in a minute in Scripture what it means. But he's saying, I'm praying that the government be uh, successful, that it does good, that it does the things it's supposed to do. It's offering protection. The Senate is offering government for us, etc., etc. And then Theophilus says, I'm praying for the government. He says, for the simple fact that I just have to trust God that whom is in authority, God is placed there. Amen. Now, if that were enough, here's the kicker. Look at the next verse. He said, pray for kings and all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is what caught me today and almost took my breath away. 
Because here's some of the reasons for these political prayers. Not only is it enough to say, well, God, you placed these people just like you placed wicked Nebuchadnezzar. King Darius from Persia came and toppled over the Babylonian government. And then Alexander the Great came and toppled over the Medo Persian government. And then those wicked crushing Romans came in and toppled over the Grecian Empire. And all these people we know God placed there. God had allowed Adolf Hitler somehow to be in there. I don't understand all these things. I'd have to understand that God's got a master plan. But that still don't satisfy me. I'm just being real. It still doesn't satisfy me until I read this. Then he says, pray for these people. Why? That you may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and holiness. Here was Paul's modem here. Here was Paul's maxim. He said, I want you to pray for those in authority that you may be able to have an unhindered, unfringed upon life. Pray that those will leave you alone so you may serve God the way that God wants you to serve him. He's saying pray that you, I used to when I read this verse, Pastor Mike always thought, man, I'm not a quiet, peaceful dude. I'm a loud, obnoxious dude when people start trying to come against me. It just bristles me so badly, but then I begin to understand that Christians are not to be people that are out there instigating or people that are out there trying to cause disruption, but they're people that are quietly sitting in the background saying, God, I'm praying that these people would so be dealt with by you that they will let me alone and let me live my godly life so others may see Christ in me. And he's saying, I want them to not infringe upon you so you may live a peaceful. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will see God. Christians are called to be peacemakers. I find that some Christians have employed themselves, and I'm going to count myself guilty here, to be in politicians and petitioners and picket liners and blowing up abortion clinics and going out and trying to do all kind of crazy things instead of being peacemakers. Yeah. I'm just preaching to myself, y'all, because Pastor Mike knows me pretty well, and a lot of people, my wife knows me real well. I'm just not the kind of guy that sometimes when I see what's going on around me that feels very peaceful inside. Until I get to here and I say, God, help me now when people are around me that I'm not an instigator, but I'm a peacemaker. Then he says he wants you to live a peaceful and a quiet life. Do you know sometimes we can get more done by quietly and covertly and corporately and completely and, and, and definitively praying to God than we can get out shouting from the rooftops all over the place? There's times to get loud. There's times to get bold. There's times to get proactive. And we're going to talk about that at the very ending of this. But right now, I believe Paul is telling Timothy, I want you to pray for these rulers that they'll keep doing their thing so you can keep doing your thing. And along the way, they might get saved. I look back in, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the day of Nebuchadnezzar, and man, God made that guy eat grass like a doggone donkey. I told him, he finally said, Daniel, there must be something about your God. Darius came along and became Daniel's best friend. He allowed Daniel to do all kinds of things in the uh, Middle Persian government because he just said, you know what, man, I realize you're a pretty good dude. Pray that you may have a quiet and peaceful, unhampered life. And then he says, I love this, with all godliness and holiness. The word there is yosubia, which means to be like God, not deity, but to have the character and attributes and mannerisms of God. I'm going to be real honest with you again. Please forgive me as I share some bare honesty. When I watch 
the news, sometimes it's not godliness that comes out of me. But I want it to. I want it to. And I struggle with it. It's a struggle for me. Every day of my life is a struggle because godliness does not come out many times. What comes out of me is sometimes wanting to fight and revolt and rebel until I come to this place and I say, God, there's the battles that only you can win. There's battles only you can win, God. So help me to stand back and have a godly life, he says, with holiness. Now, we know we're made holy by the blood of Jesus. We're sanctified. The Greek word there is hagiosmos. It means you're set apart. You're sanctified and you're set apart unto God and you're being sanctified and being made holy. But he's using this now in a descriptive sense. He's saying, I want Christians, when people get around you, they don't see a bunch of wild, yelling maniacs, but they see people that are composed and they have their composure and they're articulate and they're astute. Man, Pastor Kelly said something the other day from the pulpit. He was dead on. Christians ought to be really the most up-to-date political people in the world, just not a bunch of wing nuts and dingbats. <laughs> People that's got sense. Got their wits about them. My problem is I can't study the news or politics without losing my wits many times. Because I need more of this in me. And less of JTH coming out of me. So that's why I went to this today. But he said I want you to have a godly and a holy life. And look what it says here. Because this is good. Agathos. It means it's noble, and it pleases God. Now, this is what brought me to my knees today, because I want to please the Father. I want to please Him. And I'm almost seeing myself sometimes like that son. He's saying, you know what? I got some good boys down there that are real kind of mild-mannered, but I got some guys like some JTHs and some Michaels and Kellys and other people and Billies. I got some of those guys. And it's okay because he understands, but he's saying, really, what truly pleases me is when you begin to take on the behavior and the characteristics like we see that Christ did, like we see that Paul did, like we see that many of the disciples and apostles did. I'm not saying we have to lay over and play dead, but here's what I'm seeing is that now godliness and holiness helps a Christian now have their composure. Their first line of defense is not violence. It's not this. It's prayer. It's seeking God. It's saying, God, I trust you that just like you had Nebuchadnezzar under control, just like you had Darius under control, just like you're going to have the Antichrist under control, believe it or not, God's got a plan and his plan is going to come to fruition. But in the meantime, pray for them that I can have a quiet and peaceful life and they will not infringe upon my rights that I may continue to assemble, preach and pray, share the gospel, etc., etc., etc. And he says, this is good and it pleases God our Savior who has a mission plan for every Christian. And it's not blowing up abortion clinics. It's not going out, man, and doing picket lines and telling people, you know, just how bad communism is, although I would love to do that. But here's God's main mission statement right here. Who wants all people to be saved? Now, how can I be about wanting all people to be saved if I first can't be willing to pray for people? Come on now. Now, that hits me. Y'all, that messes with my brain. Because I want to be able to fulfill what pleases God and see people to get saved. But in order for many people to get saved, you just got to pray for them. 
So God, Paul is, is intertwining something here. He's saying, if you really want to please God, start at the very beginning. God says, I want you to make entreaties, petitions, intercessions, and supplications for all men. I want you now to pray for these ones in authority, even though you may not like them. And hopefully, as you pray for them, your prayers are going to just make them let you alone. You can live your godly life. And as you're living your godly life, what hopefully gets manifested out of you is that now you're going to start doing the biblical mandate and mission of what's really important to God, who wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And I find it sometimes a deterrent for me to be an effective evangelist when I've just been sitting around watching Fox News all day. But I do. I do. Then I come to church and I try to preach and I thank God. Help me, Lord, to, to understand that it's okay to be a patriot. It's okay to be someone who loves my country. But it's not okay when it begins to circumvent God's ultimate plan, which is all men would be saved. This is helping me, y'all. hope it's helping y'all. It's helping me. Let me tie it up quick as I can. Look at this next part. He says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. What really makes now Christian people such a hindrance to everything political? What is it that would cause what we do to be something that would be like sandpaper on someone else. Or what makes us feel sometimes like the whole world's against us? It's this right here. Because as a true Christian, we believe there's one God, one mediator, and one way to heaven. And the world geopolitically and the world from Hollywood and the world from everybody else's perspective is screaming from the rooftops, that ain't true. And the more that you and I stand for that, the more and more we feel the persecution and the friction of that. It's almost like two magnets repelling one another. But he's throwing this right in the middle to say, listen, I want you to be about my business and that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth and don't you dare dilute the gospel when doing it. Don't you dare water down the gospel while doing it. And if you're one of those daring preachers that will stand up and not dilute the gospel, guess what? You're going to feel friction over that. You're going to get mad at politics. You're going to get mad at Hollywood. You're going to get mad at those people, but never forget that some of those people through your prayers and through your godly life could get saved. <laughs> I could tell you three or four actors right now that's been booted out of Hollywood because they got saved. They got saved. Man, I'm a wrestling fanatic, dude. The guy had that Randy Orton shirt on up there, man. My skin started tingling, man. I'm a WWE fan, brother. But some of those guys got saved. I know some of them. I've done events with them. You know, guys that come out of the country music world got saved. But guess what? Behind that getting saved, somebody, instead of saying, oh, that daggum heathen, all they are out there just running God down. No, somebody said, man, I'm going to go ahead and start praying for them because that pleases God. Now, would that work in the political spectrum? I don't know. To be very honest, I haven't really tried it very much. <laughs> but I'm wanting to. That's why I'm doing this. I'm wanting to. I'm wanting others to. I'm wanting to help me because I don't do it as much as I should. But here's the deal. The reason that there's this friction between things is because of this, because everyone who really is truly on point with what God is saying is looking at this verse for there's one God and one mediator and everybody normally that we should be praying for that we're not don't believe that the way we do. Because if they did, we wouldn't have a problem with them. They wouldn't be doing stupid stuff in politics and stupid stuff on TV. They'd be doing things the way we want them to. 
But as hard as it is to believe, hard as it is for me to swallow this, God loves those people. As hard as it is for me to understand this, God loves those people. He made them. And all he's asking for us to do is give them the truth. Finish it out. This has now been witnessed to, uh, to us at the proper time. And for this purpose, Paul says, I'm a herald and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. That's real self-explanatory. I'm having to condense this. Paul just saying you need preachers. You need people that are going to preach the truth. But look at these last two verses. Here's two more issues, I believe, right now that are bigger, just as big, perhaps, issues as being less prayerful and, and a little more activist. They're, they're, they're now not as big as diluting the gospel, but they're, they're in the category. There are also issues that are going to be kind of the same as what Paul is saying to Timothy. He's saying there are some things here that need to be tweaked a little bit, and here's one of them. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. Now, the Greek word for man or mankind is anthropos. That's not the word here. It's the word anor, and it means a dude. The word for wife is gune. It means a woman. But this is anor. It means a dude. Here's one of the things that has failed in America. Churches is men need to take leadership. Don't shout me down, cowboys. Come on. Don't get mad at me now. What is Paul saying? He said, I didn't say women get up and lift up holy hands and pray. I want men to do it. Help me now. I want men everywhere to be the ones to initiate, lead, and take this prayer thing to the front line. Come on now. Y'all ain't liking me now, are you? But it's true. He said, I want men to do it. But sometimes men like, well, mama's the church go around here. I just leave that to mama. Where do we find that in the Bible? Where's that at? Yes, sir. You don't understand? I'm a cowboy. I don't care. <laughs> it's time to cowboy up. Amen. You won't find nobody more rough around the edge than this dude you see right here. Got tattoos all over me. I ride a Harley. I shoot guns. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But you know what I learned a long time ago? If I'll just make my first line of combat to go to God in prayer, and I'll be the one to initiate that, my wife will follow suit. My children will follow suit. Other people around me will follow suit. And I may not see people that I don't like get saved, but at least I know I've been on the team trying to do my part. Here's the other problem. Please don't get mad at me now. I also want the women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. I'm going to make some people really angry right now. Please don't leave on me now. I'm sorry, y'all. Stay with me. Beings need to do their part, but you know what's happened over the years? Somehow or another, things got jumbled up, man. I don't know if it's just by default or just because men wouldn't do it, but somehow women just had to jump in and start taking the lead on stuff. I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong because Paul down here when he says, I want women to be silent, that's been misinterpreted so long. doesn't mean women are stupid. He's just talking about God's order. I want, I want things to be in the order because Adam was created first. I wish I had a lot more time to explain that to you all, but I don't. But here's the thing. He's saying, men, I want you to be leaders, and women, I want you to not to be talebearers, gospers, and people out there worrying about how pretty you look and how popular you are. I want you to come in and let your good works show off to the whole world so that people will see what a godly woman looks like. 
Come on now. How do we change America? I don't know if we will because I know God's got an ultimate plan to let Christ take control of all evil. But at least in this little context, Rader, I can see that men can pray, men can be leaders, and women can be those ones that say, you know what? i got a lot more important things to do with my life than to worry about what that girl's shoes is better than mine. And oh my God, I can't believe she drove a better car than me. I can't believe she got a bigger house than me. And blah, 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 because i got a big God just like she got a big God. Amen. Come on now. Amen. Don't get mad at me. Please. <laughs> no, I just like to preach the Bible, man. I just like to preach the Bible because I'm preaching to myself. I'm going to let y'all go. He said, 815, let me close with this. Look at this last thing. I urge you at the very first verse, he said, first of all, that petitions and prayers and intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people. That's what the whole thought starts with. But notice as we follow that one point, what happens? My mind now begins to be more on the things of God and less on the things of politics in the world. My mind now gets more on winning souls. My mind gets on more being not just a man. Man, I'll shoot somebody. But my mind now gets more on being a man of God who realizes how to pray, how to love more, how to be more in tune with the things of God. I don't put my wife in a position where she's got to be Something that's not this. I, I foster and breed and hopefully nurture in her the things that want to make her be that submissive, not in a bad way, but that woman of God that is now uh, so in love with Christ that, that she's more enthralled with the things of God than the things of this world. That's really what Paul is trying to say here. In a very roundabout way, that's what he's trying to say. He's not trying to hurt nobody's feelings. He's just saying, right now, if we get more attentive about prayer, more attentive about praying for those, even though we don't like them, many things now begin to be a domino or a ripple effect that begin not only to change the environment, but guess what? It starts to change us. When I sought the Lord for a message today, I was not in a place to want to uh, deal with some of these truths because they convict me. They savagely convict me. They brutally reach in with a scalpel and begin to cut things inside of my soul and my heart. Because I'm being honest with you. Much of what I'm preaching, not, I don't live that out on a daily basis, but I want to. Not just because I want to be, oh, Justin Todd, such a godly man. No, I want to please God. And I want to see things change in this world. I want to be able to have a day where I get up and say, man, you know what? What used to anger me now provokes me and pricks me to pray for people instead of cursing at people. I want that. And the only resource I know that gives me the way that I can do it is found right here. Amen. Written in the first century when there were people soon after Paul wrote this letter that would take his own head off. Kill him publicly. And then all of the apostles, except for John the Beloved, would be killed and murdered, fed to leopards, Apostle Peter crucified upside down, and bleeding through his nostrils and his eyeballs till he died, all from the hands of government. But yet they had one thing in common. To their dying breath, they prayed for those people. Help me. Father, I ask you tonight that starting with this preacher... You would help me. Lord, I'm not a soft person. Anybody that knows me, I'm not a pushover. I'm not a lightweight. That's one of the flaws I think I have in my life. I'm a hardcore guy. But God, I want to be a man of God that pleases you. 
And I thank you for men that will stand up and be men. But I pray tonight more than anything else, Lord God, that we as men would be those men that say, Lord, I'm going to be a man that will stand up and lift up holy hands and make prayers to God. I want to be that man. And for the women, I pray they say, I want to be that woman of modesty, that woman of, of prayer, that woman of intercession, that woman of saying, man, what matters to me more than anything in this world is not material. It is supernatural and heavenly. For those in ruling places tonight, Lord God, I know that just like you've had every leader in your hand, you've got these in your hand. Help us as we leave this place to say, Lord, I'm going to begin to pray so I may live a quiet and peaceful life. And if they ever knock on the door and say, you can't do this no more, God, give us the grace and the wisdom how we take that next step. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Good grief, man. Get this thing down. You know, uh, i tell you what. I love that scripture, those scriptures. Because, listen, how many of you know the Word of God is not always easy? Being a Christian isn't always easy. And what we see, if, and I'm not going to re-preach a lot of this, but I want you to see something, is that everything he just read, the world, the government, the world, the, the Hollywood, all these places of, of authority try to say exactly the opposite. What do they do? Oh, there's many ways to heaven. What do they do? Oh, women need to be able to do anything, you know, and they try to pit us against one another. Listen, I know how strong you women are. That ain't a question. They try to say that, that, that uh, to begin or bring that division and that strife. They try to challenge us on, on, on all kinds of fronts. But I tell you what, when, when we make the choice and the decision that we say, God, regardless of what is going on, I'm going to put my hope and my trust in you. I'm going to, I'm going to love you. I'm going to pray. Even, even when I don't want to pray, I'm going to pray. And so, you know, that's my challenge to you as, as those who have hung in there and stayed in here. And listen to this word, and I pray for you who are online and watch this even later on, that you'll be challenged in that same way. If we catch flack, we catch flack. But you know what? I believe we're at a time in the in the world, in the nation, that we got to take we got to take that stand and say we're going to do it. But we do it with love, we do it with grace, we do it with wisdom, we do it through the Word of God. We're going to close in prayer tonight. Terry, would you close us in prayer, man? Can you follow that up? Our gracious Father in heaven, we just thank you for the privilege that has been ours to be able to hear your word preached in truth tonight. And I thank you for the encouragement that we can have in knowing that you haven't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Father, we pray for those in authority of this great country. We see so many things that are being attempted that are not in your will. Lord, I pray 
that we will realize God is still sovereign. You are still in control. And if our hearts are right with you, you will take care of us. Dismiss us this evening, Lord, as we go our ways, protect us, help our lives daily to be a testimony for you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, brother. I tell you what, take this word as you go. Be encouraged. Be strengthened. We'll see you next week. If you're men, if you're going to Romano's with us, sign up on that sign-up sheet. Get a sheet up there. If you got a t-shirt, don't forget. If you want to order one, don't forget. See you Saturday, hopefully, at the parade.